precious name we pray. Amen. It's great to have the kids worshiping with us today. We don't do this very often, but uh, our, our older kids are worshiping with us today. We do, we do think it's good every once in a while for kids to see their parents worshiping and to participate in, in this environment of church. So welcome if you're, uh, what is it, five through fifth grade, it's one of your first times being here with us, and so glad that you're worshiping with us today. Um, well, I don't know if you feel this way, but you know how much I like Christmas, so the end of Christmas is, one, is the biggest letdown of any holiday season. Like, there's no bigger letdown. Close second would be coming back from vacation, right? Coming home from vacation, you kind of feel that same sort of, oh, it's over. But, I mean, there's not a soundtrack for vacation, right? There's not songs you sing every time you go on vacation. That would be kind of weird. You don't decorate for vacation. If you do, I don't want to know about it. But you don't kind of, there's not sort of that build ramp up sort of lights and, and special outfits and, and decorations for vacations. Christmas... Christmas after Christmas is kind of the biggest, because everything's looked so great. And we know that we're, we're on the verge of I've got to get my life back together season, right? And nobody looks forward to I've got to get my life back together season, but that's right around the corner. Some of you have already started. Some of you have already packed up the boxes. You got everything organized. You bought some new tubs. You got everything back in the basement, or you got started, and, and the rest of us, we're going to get there before New Year's, because it's supposed to be bad luck for Christmas to be up on New Year's, what somebody told me, and, and then a small percentage, like February, President's Day, is like our goal, we're going to have everything back together by President's Day, mid, uh, mid-February, and still kind of finishing up 2015, week from one New Year's, it's just kind of an odd week, it's, it's a transitional week from one to the next, and um, if you have to work tomorrow, I've, I've talked to some of you, you got to work, or in years past, talk with people who are going back to work uh, right after Christmas, and, and you all say the same thing, like nothing's going to get done, right, because only half the office is there, and my client's offices are closed, and people I got to get in contact with, and so I'm going to go in and kind of do my stuff, it's just kind of a weird transitional, sort of, sort of feels like you're treading water. Uh, this this week, and pretty soon, January's coming, kids are going back to school, it's going to be springtime, like, the Braves single-A team is going to be playing at Turner Field all next season, it's like, first pitch of our JV high school Atlanta Braves is going to be, going to be getting their season started, and soccer is going to kick in, and it's going to be summer, and, and so, it, but, but it's December 27th. Right? It's, it's, we're not quite there yet. We are at the beginning of the year in review season, though. Right? That's kind of a season unto itself, where we replay everything that happened from this past year. Uh, we have shows built solely around people who have died the past year. That's an encouraging way to end the year, isn't it? Here are all the people that you liked who were in movies and they're dead now. But that's the way we wrap up the year. We have these year interviews of people who have passed and greatest moments and biggest tragedies 
And it used to be you only got these on like 2020, right? Or, or 60 Minutes. There would be special nightly news shows given to an hour, two hours worth of review. Now there's year in review all over Facebook, right? You can see anybody's year in review. As a matter of fact, you could spend the next four days just looking at year in review on Facebook. I don't recommend it, but you could do that. There's enough of that out there. And honestly, I would, I would rather see your year in review than people I don't know, right? It's just me personally. I don't care what the Kardashians did the past year. I should, as a pastor and a human being, they need Jesus, I'm sure. But I, I would rather know your, your past year than the Kardashians' past year or people that I don't know. But that's, that's kind of the season that we're in. We're not quite to the beginning of 2016. We haven't quite finished up. 2015, but really there's nothing else to look forward to in 2015, right? Unless you, it's your birthday in the next four days, in the next four, if it is, happy birthday to you. But unless you got a birthday on the 28th, 29th, 30th, 31st, it's like everything's been checked off the calendar for 2015. As a matter of fact, the only th- thing left in 2015 is for it to become 2016. That's all that's left on the cal- calendar, and we're just kind of winding it down, which we thought was a perfect time to just acknowledge Jesus one more time. In between the passing of 2015 and the beginning of 2016, just to slow down and take a breath and to say, Jesus, past and future, you're in the center of it. The the cross looms over everything in my past. The the cross casts a shadow over everything that's going to be in my future. I just want to reset my thinking and my mind and my heart and my spirit on the grace and love and goodness and sacrifice of Jesus in this in-between season. So we're going to come around the table and and we're going to acknowledge Jesus Jesus' death and resurrection. Luke gives us an account of what happened on that night that Jesus was betrayed. This is Luke chapter 22. Then came the day of unleavened bread, on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and John, saying, Go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. Where do you want us to prepare it? They asked. He replied, As you enter the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him to the house that he enters. And say to the owner of the house, The teacher asks, Where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs, all furnished. Make preparations there. They left and found things just as Jesus had told them. So they prepared the Passover. And and probably a lot of you know the history of the Passover meal. The Passover meal was intended to cause us to look back. That's what the people of Jesus' day, the Jewish people of Jesus' day, when they gathered around the Passover meal, the Seder meal, and it was a complete meal. It wasn't what we're going to experience today. The Passover Seder was a full meal. It was a whole night. It was several hours long, and there were stages to it, and there was symbolism to it. We'll talk about that just a little bit. But it was to reflect on the fact that their ancestors had one time been slaves in Egypt. They had moved to Egypt because of the famine. They had grown in number to the point that the Egyptians began to fear them, and so they enslaved them. And the Israelites, the Hebrew children, kept multiplying and growing, and they became more and more. And then there became more fear on the part of the Egyptians. And 
And so the slavery continued and, and, and got more difficult for the Israelites until God raised up this guy named Moses and said, Moses, you're going to set my people free. You're going to lead my people out of Egypt and eventually to what we call the promised land, a land that I have prepared for my people. So it was a reflection on the past. And, and, and part of that reflection was to be reminded of the difficulties of their past, that there were challenges, that it was not easy, that there were struggles and there was pain and there were tears. As a part of the Seder meal, they would eat greens. Today, uh, if you observe a Seder meal, you, you usually eat parsley, but you take the parsley and you dip it into salt water. And the symbolism is to remember the tears of our past. Remember the tears that our ancestors shed when they were in slavery, when they were in bondage. Remember how difficult it was for them. Let's join with them in reflecting on the pain that we've experienced in our past. And then they would eat what's called a bitter herb. Today they use horseradish. And you're supposed to eat enough. I don't know if you've eaten horseradish in a while, but you're supposed to eat enough of it that it brings tears to your eyes and cleans out all your sinuses, right? Like horseradish tends to do. You take a big enough bite that your eyes well up with tears as a way of remembering the difficulties of the past. The fact that not just for your ancestors, but in your life, you've experienced hard times. And a part of coming to the table today, I think... As we kind of join in this ceremony that's been carried out for thousands of years. A part of coming to the table is to be reminded for some of us, 2015 was hard. 2015 was full of challenges and, and struggles and difficulties. And maybe I shed real tears or maybe just on the inside I shed a lot of tears. Maybe there was pain in 2015. And, and, and when you come to the table in just a little bit. This is your opportunity at the end of the year just to bring that back to the cross. Just to say, God, here's, here's all the stuff that weighed on me in 2015. Here's all the struggle that I, here's all the difficulties. I don't understand them. I didn't really enjoy going through them. I hope I don't have to go through them again. But I waded through some stuff in 2015. 2015 was a challenge. But it's not a challenge to the cross. It's not a challenge to the grace and the love and the mercy of Jesus as we get ready to start 2016. And I know for some of us, this whole going from one year to the next, our mindset is it's just another day on the calendar. I totally understand. It is just another day on the calendar. This year it's just another Friday. It's just another 24-hour period. I understand that, but, but there are symbolic seasons of, of moving forward and leaving Behind it. This is one of those for us. And there is no greater way to do it than to take whatever suffering you may have had in 2015, whatever challenges, whatever difficulties, whatever struggles you've had, and just bring them to the table. Just say, God, here, I'm going to give this to you, and I'm going to ask you to give me the strength not to carry it and take it the rest of 2016. And I may have to give it to you again tomorrow and even on Friday. But, but I just want to release my struggles because I know, I know that the grace of Jesus is strong enough for my struggles. 
Because sometimes life's bitter. Sometimes life is hard. Sometimes life brings tears to our eyes. And the cross is enough for that. The cross is enough. Jesus' strength and power over death is enough to not only bring us through that, but to give us hope for what's to come. So the Passover meal was about reflecting on the challenges and the struggles and the difficulties of the past. But the Passover meal also celebrated the past. And I know for some of you, 2015 was really, really hard. And you can't wait till Friday to turn the calendar to 2016 because you want 2015 to be done But for some of you, 2015 was great. Relationally, it was great. Spiritually, it was great. Financially, maybe your career was great. Your kids, your family was great. 2015 was a day to be celebrated. Well, they did that in the Passover too. They celebrated the goodness of God. For example, the final plague. Some of you remember it. Angel passed through. The firstborn of every family died that night unless you had the blood of a lamb on your door. God provided redemption. God provided a way to salvation. God provided protection. And every time they celebrated the Passover Seder, they were celebrating the fact of God's goodness to us. That God had redeemed us. That God had protected us. That God had saved us. God eventually leads them out of their slavery, sets them free, leads them into the promised land. And coming to the table for them was a chance for them to say, God, thank you. Thank you for the good gifts that you've put into my life. And I want to take this bread and take this cup. And I want to celebrate that through Jesus and through the cross, there are good things that are in my life. And that's some of you today. You look back on 2015 and you're... You're overwhelmed with, God, with the goodness of God and His gifts to you, the greatness of God towards you and your family. And when you come, let that be on your lips to say thank you. Thank you for what you've done. And while, while some of us had a really challenging year in 2015 and some of us had a great year in 2015, the chances are 99.9% of us this morning had both and, right? I mean, over 365 days... There were some tears, there were some challenges, there were some struggles, and there was some goodness. There was some sweetness to 2015. One of the things that observant Jews, even to this day, will eat on the Seder meals is a kind of a fruity, sweet dessert type of dish. It, it calls to mind, because of the texture the making of bricks, the mortar that they would make the bricks out of. But it's sweet to remind them that even in their struggles, God was doing something good. That even in the difficult times, there was a sweetness to knowing God and walking with God and belonging to God and knowing that God has a plan that even in the hardships of my life, God is doing something good. And most of us are going to come to the table with tears and with joy, with struggles and with successes. And we're going to say, God, I don't understand all of them, but I know, I know your word promises that even in my difficulties, you are working good because you are more powerful than anything that has happened in 2015. 
You are good in all your gifts. And though I don't understand them, I know you're working good through them. And so come to the table with a heart that's sometimes broken and sometimes filled with joy and offer it up to Him. It's like, God, I'm going to eat this meal remembering the good and the struggles and realizing that you are still God. Sometimes it is in accepting what has been over the past 12 months that allows us to move on to what's going to be in the next 12 months. Sometimes it is acknowledging the struggle and the challenge and the difficulty and offering it to God that we get freed from whatever it was this past year. Freed to be who God wants us to be in the future. Because Jesus, in this Passover meal, turns things from the past to the future. In verse 14, when the hour came, Jesus and His apostles reclined at the table and He said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, He gave thanks and said, Take this, divide it among you, for I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And suddenly, Jesus was no longer talking about what happened in the past. He was no longer talking about their ancestors or thousands of years ago or something that happened in Egypt. Jesus was saying, something new is about to start. It's a whole new direction that's about to start in your life. And you don't know what it is yet. And you don't understand it yet. But I've got it planned. And I've prepared a way for it. So don't just think about the past. Remember, I've got a future for you as well. As a matter of fact, I need you to let go of the past so I can give you this future. And when you come to the table today, I think Jesus is saying something very similar to you and to me. Yes, 2015 has its share of joys and sorrows, but it's done. There's nothing you can do to change the past 12 months. I'm calling you forward because I've got plans for you for this year. I've got plans for you for your future, and they are plans for good. And he took bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood which is poured out for you. No one had ever said that before at the Passover meal. No one had ever ever added this last little bit. They had enjoyed a whole meal together. And then at the very end, Jesus said, I'm not done. There's more that I'm going to accomplish. And we look back and we know it was His death and His resurrection for the salvation of all those who would turn to Him, for the redemption of everyone who would recognize their sin, seek His forgiveness and receive Christ into their life. Jesus said, I got got something way more than I'm about to do. As we move into 2016, let's remember... That God has taken care of our past in order to give us a future. God is taking care of whatever is there this past year or the past 10 years or that thing from 20 years ago that's still on your mind. The cross is enough for that. 
The cross is enough to take care of that. And if you will let it, God wants to give you a future. God wants to give you new direction and new hope and new joys and new triumphs and new successes. So bring all of it this morning. Your hopes and dreams and fears and struggles and insecurities and lay them at the table and receive the sacrifice of Jesus through the symbolism of His body and His blood. There's one interesting part of this whole scene that Luke tells us about. It's right at the beginning when the disciples want to know, where are we supposed to have the supper? And Jesus mysteriously says, you're going to meet a guy. Tell that guy this, and that guy's just going to take you to the room. Right? It's sort of James Bond-like. Right? You just kind of meet this guy on the corner, and it's kind of... Talks into his sleeve. Okay, they're coming. It's just, it's just, it says it, and then that's it. We don't get any background. We don't know how Jesus set this whole thing up. Like, did he, did he meet this guy earlier, Starbucks, and say, hey, I need you to set up the room, and I'm going to send some guys to you. Wait right here. We don't know. Was it just sort of a God supernatural thing? That God just, Jesus just kind of made this guy be there. We don't know. We don't have any details as to how he set this up. He just set it up. As we're on the verge of 2016, here's something I pray for me in 2016. I I pray that there are some things that happened in 2016 that I just don't know how they happened. Other than Jesus just did them. Jesus just caused them to be. And maybe when you come to the table, that will be part of your prayer this morning. As as I'm looking forward, Jesus, I I don't want to just manage 2016. I don't want 2016 to be in my hands. I know I've got responsibilities and there's things that I need to do and, and I need to work hard. or what. There's some things that I'm responsible for. But a year from now, when I'm reflecting back on 2016, I want to look at a couple of things in my life and say, I don't know how that happened apart from Jesus just doing it. I can't explain how this happened for me. I want that for our church in 2016. I'd love for Journey to get to the end of 2016 and all of us kind of huddle up and go, there's like 10 things that happened this year that we can't explain other than Jesus just did it. And we still don't know how He put the pieces together and we still don't know how it all came together because if 2016 for Journey is just what we can do, it's not going to be that great a year. But if 2016 is what Jesus can do, Get ready. It's going to be an unbelievable year for us. So I invite you to come. You know your story. I don't know your story. You know what you need to bring to the table. We're not in a hurry this morning. You you know what you need to say to God maybe before you come to the table. Just come and offering the past and trust Him with your future. Just a couple things about the supper. The Lord's Supper is given by Jesus to His followers. And that's the way we celebrate it. You don't have to be a member here at Journey. You don't have to attend here at Journey. It could be your very first time at Journey. If you're a follower of Jesus, if you've trusted your life to Christ, you are welcome to participate in this celebration. 
If you're not, if you're still trying to make that decision, we totally understand. We, we just ask that you watch this celebration as we participate because this is so meaningful and sacred to us. No one will say anything or bother you at all or, or judge you or think anything about you. We're, we're glad you're here. I know that we have our kids in the service and some of them have made that decision and they're welcome to come and participate and some aren't at that point. And kids, if that's you, if, if you're not at the point where you've given your life to Christ just yet, don't fully understand what all of that means, then watch mom and dad and, and ask them about it on the way home. Ask mom and dad why they participated. couple instructions. Um, we have a really tiny room and a lot of you. Um, and we don't, we don't want to rush and we don't want anybody to get hurt in the process. We have two tables down front and two tables in the lobby. And they each have two pieces of bread. And if you would just hold the bread with the napkin and pull a little piece off. And then just the end of your bread you can dip in the juice. If you want to receive it as a family, that's Wonderful. If you want to receive it with some friends, that's one. If you want to receive it alone, if, if you need a moment with you, that's absolutely fine. I would ask that when you come to receive it, whether it's down front or in the lobby, use the center aisle and just take your time. Use the center aisle, pick a line that's shortest, just like Walmart, right? Pick the shortest line. And if you're like me, that line's going to take the longest. If you, once you get in it, yeah, okay, just... Move to the center aisle, and then when you return, use the outside aisle. Same thing for the lobby. Go up the center aisle and come back the outside aisle. That'll help prevent some traffic congestion. This, this is a moment of, of worship. This is not something we tack on at the end. This is, this is a part of worshiping Jesus today and bringing our hearts and our souls, bringing our past and our future before Him and laying it at the cross. Because His sacrifice has covered everything past and everything future for us. Well, Father, thank You that on this sort of in-between transitional Sunday, Your Spirit is alive. Jesus is ruling and reigning. God is over all. Over our past, and some of us look back and we have great joy in the past 12 months and great celebration, and we want to thank you for that as we come around the cross. And some of us also have great heartache and struggle and difficulties, and, and some of those aren't even resolved yet, but we trust you with those, and so we want to bring those to the table as well. We want to bring those to the cross because the shadow of the cross is enough for those. As we look to the future, no one can predict 2016. We don't know what's going to happen, but we know you're going to be in charge of 2016. And so we want to bring that to you as well. And as we take the bread, as we take the cup, we offer to you our future. We commit today to keep the cross and Christ at the center of our lives and our hearts and our minds as we move into this new year. To the glory of God. In Jesus' name, amen.
sacrifice your giving and God help us to be generous in our giving as well to do what you've placed on our hearts in Jesus name I pray amen